Welcome back. And I can't tell you how excited I am always to be able to say welcome to our next guest. Her name is Jackie Deason. She has been working in the energy space for many years, uh, notably as the host of the Jackie Daily radio program, uh, a feature of Glenn Beck's media empire that has a special focus on energy. She's also had a distinguished record of service in the United States government on Capitol Hill, notably with Congressman Trent Frank, which her legal skills were much in demand uh, in connection with his role as the chairman of the House Judiciary's Constitution Subcommittee. Jackie, it is always, as I say, a delight to have you with us. Welcome back. It's always a delight to be with you. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, a lot of issues that are in your portfolio at the moment, and I want to just take stock of a number of them as best we can. It seems as though Russia, which went into its invasion of Ukraine with a very considerable dominance of the supplies for, well, many of our European allies, among others, has actually strengthened its position, arguably, by now seizing the energy resources, which are considerable, of its uh, target of aggression, Ukraine. Uh, talk a little bit about that, if you would, and the implications as you see them. Well, we shouldn't be surprised. Um, this is very common in warfare. Basically, if you can choke off the energy supply to the opposite side, you're at a big advantage. And we saw this in the world wars, uh, the rush to get to oil, uh, diesel being the fuel of choice uh, in a theater of war. And prior to that, earlier in history, it was coal. Uh, so we're watching... The Russians do exactly what you would expect. And I'll also add that they're going after, ultimately, strategically, the shale fields of Ukraine. Um, I urge everyone, just do a Google search um, and put in Ukraine, oil and gas, or shale. And just see what comes up and take a look. Uh, look at the map. You'll see that it's both in the east and the west. A lot of people like focus on the fact that the shale's on the eastern portion, and that's why Russians uh, moving in there. There's actually a lot in the West too, um, plenty to be had. Look at the pipeline routes, look at the strategic ports, look at the other resources. And for this war or any war, I always say, look behind the narrative and just look at what's physical, um, the physical resources, because most people, unlike us, are not ideological, they are transactional. And transactionally, um, Ukraine is a huge boost to Russia for energy. And so I would say seizing the energy supply is a big plus. I mean, the, the outside countries. But, can but help Jackie, Ukraine. let me just be clear. It, it's not just about uh, achieving certain uh, military advantages in time of war. This is about obtaining permanently presumably, um, control of those vast uh, natural gas and, and uh, other resources as you've described them. Um, <clears throat> let me just turn to, if I can, um, the implications of all of that for Europe. Um, the Europeans, as I said, were already, particularly the Germans, and with the advent of Nord Stream 2, much of the rest of the continent, uh, it seemed, uh, were going to be very dependent upon the Russians. Um, there's been some backing and filling on that. Where do things stand at the moment, do you think? Uh, I saw a report out of Germany that one of their major 
chemical firms said, we're done if we don't have access to Russian natural gas. Are we actually going to see um, the Europeans uh, in the context of this invasion of Ukraine cutting off those resources? Um, well, they'll do what they can. I mean, Germany should have woke up to the fact that they have to have natural gas 10 or 15 years ago. It's been pointed out to them by, among others, uh, Donald Trump, as I recall, rather forcefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? Um, the U.S. can storm the beaches of Europe, this time with natural gas, if they need it. It would be amazing if they would turn to us or other friendly countries um, rather than the Russians. So, you know, storm in this case, of course, is a, a, a euphemism. You mean we would we would be supplying it in large quantity, liquefied natural gas. How how much of that demand could we satisfy with ours if we were to tap it? And uh, and what are the logistical hurdles to doing so? Well, there's what we can supply right now versus what we can supply if we actually build out the infrastructure as as big as it can go and maximize our production as big as it can go. We're almost limitless in theory. I mean, the U.S. is sitting on an ocean of natural gas, many, many, many shale fields of natural gas, hundreds of years of supply, far more than we need. So if we have been planning sufficiently in the past and creating infrastructure, which means literally, um, you know, this is different than, than um, oil, you have to actually... Um, have facilities on the export side from the country that's exporting and facilities at the import side uh, to regasify what had been liquefied, natural gas. All of, all of which is an expensive bit of business uh, and does it's time consuming. It's yeah. time consuming and, and far more time consuming than it should be because the so-called green movement opposes these types of projects at every turn even though natural gas burns so much cleaner than what we've burned in the past, whether it's biomass, which is wood, or coal. And so they should be in favor of all of this, but they obstruct, obstruct, obstruct. And that's why it's not in place right now, or Germany could be getting it right now. Yeah. And as, as a result of all of this, of course, they've also shut down nuclear power plants as well as coal plants, making all of these circumstances that much more dire. You know, I, uh, Jackie, you and I have talked about uh, in the past the idea of having offshore platforms to do this uh, regasification, uh, which could conceivably be put into place far more quickly and certainly without an awful lot of the environmental rigmarole and, and difficulties that uh, we've seen uh associated with land-based uh, LNG-related facilities. Let me ask you about one other piece of this, Jackie, that is on my mind. Um, when you look at what is happening elsewhere around the world with respect to the supply of energy, uh, a rather important development, it seems, I'm not sure whether it's been finalized yet, but we certainly are hearing that it's in the works, is the purchase by China of large quantities of oil from one of our partners. Uh, in fact, we'll be talking shortly about difficulties with that partner that have been inflicted by the Biden administration. Our next guest, Shoshana Bryan, will talk about that. But the Chinese have gotten the Saudis to agree to, we're told, allow the purchase of that oil, not in petrodollars, as they've been called, but in Chinese yuan. Tell us about that transaction. Where is it? And uh, what are the implications of that? Okay, so 
we need to be extremely concerned that a commodity as important as oil would be traded in something other than U.S. dollars. Um, that signals a massive change, a decades-long practice coming to an end potentially with Saudi Arabia being um, the largest producer of oil in OPEC and, and the largest worldwide, depending on how things are going um, at times. So it doesn't get any bigger than Saudi Arabia as a producer and China as a consumer. In other words, this is a big part of the daily oil market. Um, we want those to be in dollars for all kinds of reasons. We call it petrodollar, but all that really means is oil purchased with dollars as opposed to anything else. Uh, and it's similar to the idea that we are the world's reserve currency since World War II. That's because- Well, it's not just similar. I think it, it's it's the underpinning of our status as the reserve currency, is it not? Well, yeah. Well, there's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into it, but basically people choose you as the reserve currency to store their wealth when they believe that you are the most stable, um, reliable investment, basically- and, and the powerful military capability too, yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, not only is your economy huge and powerful, you're going to back your obligations, but this is very politically incorrect to say, if for some reason you can't make good on your obligations, you have a military that can help you gain assets to make good on your obligations. Frankly, let's just be forthright about it. That's what it means. Um, so when you see a transaction as large as those between the largest oil producer and largest oil consumer move from us to a different currency, that suggests either a lack of confidence in the U.S. as the best country for backing obligations and new confidence in the Chinese currency instead, or um, maybe even something a little more, um, uh, what should I say, scary, than just economic um, power moving from one part of the world to the other. It might be that they, they perceive military power going down in our country and up in theirs. Um, so, so especially in the Middle East, they have this cultural tendency to, to choose the strong horse because they come from a background of turbulence and they know you don't want to be on the losing side of a conflict. No, I'm fond of saying that 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 in sort of subsistence cultures, uh, which is not that far removed from the daily lot of most of those folks, you have to be very, very attentive to shifts in power, and you want to definitely be on the strong horse or the side of the strong horse at the very least. Jackie Daly uh, is the show. Uh, Jackie Deason is its host. Um, she is a great friend of this program. We're always delighted to have you. I'm sorry that we don't have more time because I've got about 12 more questions that I want to get to with you. So I hope that you'll come back to us again very soon, uh, Jackie. And in the meantime, thanks for the great work you do at the Jackie Daly Show, of course, and for your leadership on these energy issues in particular. Next up, as I mentioned, Shoshana Bryan will be talking with us about, among other things, um, what we've done to the Saudis to cause them perhaps to run into the arms of the communist Chinese. That and more. Straight ahead.